Okay. I want everybody to know how proud I am uh-huh. of you, man. I appreciate it. You making this thing happen. Got a nice setup. Shout out, Corey. Listen, you know, Corey, well, well listen, um, Alvin had Simon. Batman had Robin. Come on. Come on. <laughs> Two man crew, we running it. Hey, listen, man, it's 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 all about it. I think that the mm-hmm. fact that that you have two young men mm-hmm. that's making an impact mm-hmm. in their way. Gotcha. You know, um, I, I think it's I think it's phenomenal. I watch the setup. I watch what you do. Mm-hmm. And now the only thing I leave here with is how can I do this? Gotcha. Because uh, one of the greatest joys of envy is just copying off a person. <laughs> you don't have to reinvent oh, it. You but, can do this, you know. But it's it's um it's a blessing. But I but I'm I, I do want you to know, man. I'm so proud of you. Proud of the both of you, mm-hmm. and what you're doing. And you 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 put stuff on people, man. You're letting voices like mine mm-hmm. uh, be heard, and you know. And I just hope that um, you know this kind of thing can continue to go on because. It, it's so much that you have to say and enlighten people too, mm-hmm. and so come on, Kansas City, let's get on board and 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 let's help these brothers do what they do. I appreciate you so much, man. Everything. Oh yeah, yo, what up, thirty three? Tell me something good. Everybody, you know they tell me life don't come with no menu, so we're gonna take it a day at a time. Man, about time you got here. Well, 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 we back again. You know, tune into the Good Days, Great Nights podcast. Uh, I tell y'all all the time, uh, this going to be a special one. This is one I've been waiting on for a long time. I tell y'all that. Every time I get to break bread with my people, it's always a pleasure. But I'm overexcited on this one. Like, this is, this is, this is one of the ones, and I say it all the time. So without further ado, let me break it down to you. If you know me in the cigar world, they call me 33. Cool Breeze Al. Alicia and Erickson's daddy or father, depending on what demographic, how you get down. Your auntie's favorite podcast host. She's uh, she's getting ready to start making that potato salad. The tempers are starting to change. Your uh, uncle's favorite nephew. And uh, second coming to Gerald Levert and Mr. Will Smith, your mama from I have to a hole. I just got a couple handles. You know, I got a couple handles. So I got to make sure they know. So y'all know my rules. We do it a little different here. It's never about your name first. It's always about you as a person. A lot of times they may have heard that a few moons ago, a young boy listened to his father at a revival, preached the word. They also may have heard a young man met a lady and she prayed over his clothes before he would go do certain things, you know. But, and then when she would introduce him, I could never introduce him like she do. She would say that, you know, uh, her big daddy, you know, her sweet thing and all of those type of things. But, we're going to do it in the sense of this is one, this is my friend. This is my friend. This is my uncle. This is the uncle I talk about when I say it on the show. So we never say your name first. We're going to get to your name. We do it in the sense of a road trip. So if we were to leave here right now and mm-hmm. you got a few of your, your homeboys with you, a few of your, your, you know what I'm saying, your friends, and I got my people with me, we in the spreader, where would you want to go to? Where would you want to drive off to? Well, if it's in the country. Okay. Then I would probably drive to Florida. We're going to Florida? 
or you okay. have one choice. You got two. Either way, you, you pick where you want to go. It'll probably be Florida, but if my lady is with me, okay, it would definitely have to be somewhere okay. where there is lots and lots of crab legs Come on and now. shrimp. So <laughs> Florida, Virginia, okay. any place like that, but it'll be warm. Okay. E- even, you know, Georgia. That's perfect. So it's your turn to drive. We know already set up prayers. We already got down the road. All right. You're a morning driver or a night driver? In your heyday. In my heyday, uh-huh. I could drive day, but at night, um, everything was quiet. Yeah. The road was clearer, you know, and I could drink, you know, not drink, drink, <laughs> but not drink and drive. You know, have my Coke, my ice, uh-huh. you know, um, and my music playing. Okay. And could think. Okay, so we're going to say you night. Know. It's your turn to drive at night. Okay, it's... it's, it's, you, it's didn't, you didn't jump in. We didn't plugged up the, with the phone. Okay, and so yeah. you get to pick five songs. So in the sense of this, it's five songs to describe you of where you're at right now as a man. It's subject to change by the end of the interview, of course, but it's where you're at right now. So what five songs would you pick? And then kind of give me a little backstory of them in okay. the sense of why. Okay, is, is it five stories, uh, five songs on the road, or just five songs in general so that five I like songs to hear? You like to hear. So if you're cleaning up on Saturday morning, if you, if you're courting the misses, if you're uh, going through, well, if, I can do the misses. Come on, I can do the misses. If I'm, if I'm, um, if I'm just driving, okay, and you know, I I would uh, play a little uh, serious series whatever you call it uh-huh. uh, channel 64 i get on down on the kirk franklin kirk franklin music you know station and we riding but as the ride progresses come on my playlist changes okay so what we because start now, now i'm thinking so i probably put on some light jazz and some smooth jazz. r&b jazz you and know. r&b um you don't know songs like by enchantment, like silly love song. I know silly love song. You don't know silly love song. <laughs> if I could write a silly love song, come on, I would write it all about you. Watch it, Doc. The words will reflect your inner beauty, mm-hmm. and the melodies your eyes so true. Cause I love you more and more each day, and baby, if I had my way. I would write a song all about you, girl, and I'd sing it all over the world. <laughs> you know, yeah. just, 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 just a little something like just that. Just a little something okay. like that. Okay. You know, we we we'll be we'll be cruising, but you know, um, you know, my my road trip is. So you got silly different. love song. You I got, got silly love song. That's what that's for Pastor O, of course. That's what that's what that's what Pastor O. And then a song um, to describe you. A song to describe me ain't no stopping us now. Ain't no stopping us now. We're on the move, you know, because I look at myself as being progressive. I look at myself as trying to accomplish certain things, um, you know, in my life, and I can't afford to allow anything, yeah. you know, to to stop me. So that's 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 my that's my song when I'm motivated, when I'm moving, when I'm. When I'm gone, man, when I'm trying to get up the road mm-hmm. and, and get something done and get something accomplished. When you think about your kids and your grandkids, what song comes to mind? Um, I named LaMonica uh, to Stevie Wonder's song in the key of life. Okay. 
you know, and, and at that time, uh, Stevie Wonder had a daughter that was born named Aisha. And of course, Olivia and I named LaMonica Aisha. But isn't she lovely? <laughs> isn't she wonderful? Okay. Isn't she precious? Does that. Less than one minute. Oh, I can't believe what God has done to us. He has given life to one so very lovely made from love. And that that's how I view all my children. Yeah. You know, just lovely, man. You know, songs like that. Heaven must be missing an angel. Come on. Um, you know, so when I think of my kids, I'm thinking, you know, one of the greatest things that could have happened to Olivia and myself. Yeah. And um that's how that's how I view them. You know, beautiful, you know, awesome, you know. I want him to do great things, yeah. Gotcha. Then, okay, we got we need two more. So Two more, okay. Um, in the sense of your favorite your favorite jam back when you was a young boy in high school before you went to the service, hmm. one of the ones that you still hear it every now and then, you say, man, I come a long way. But that's still your song. People wouldn't know that's your song. People wouldn't know. Or even a song today that people wouldn't know, you know, <laughs> that you like. You just say that. That's my song. I like when I hear it. That's my song. Wow. I have so many. But if I had to put my my go-to would be a Manhattan's Jam. A Manhattan's Jam. Okay. Man, Manhattan's Jam. You know, uh, Livy and I, we, we've always loved the Manhattan's. I remember... Uh, we were in Tacoma, Washington, living in a place called uh, Tillicum. Okay. And we would hold on to all of those. You know, we just, we, we I've just always loved uh, Gerald, Gerald Austin. Okay. And the, and the, uh, and the Manhattans. But um, out of all, you know, all of the great ones that they've done, come on, baby. Okay. Let's sit down. We've been dancing all night long. <laughs> Come on, baby, get close to me. I want to dance to a love song. Hey, <laughs> you know, so so that, uh, honey, you yeah. are my shining star. Come on, don't you go away. Work it, no, baby. And last but not least, <laughs> if you think about when you think about the goodness of God. And you think about where he's brought you, what would be your your go to? My my go to as as uh, many of them, but I, I would have to I would have to go to. I can't thank him enough. Come on now, <laughs> I can't thank him enough. I can't praise him enough. Oh, I can't. Lift him too high. God has been good. God has been good. God has been so good to me. That song tells my life. You know, it just, um, you know, man, uh, October, we married 48 years. And just from where we started as, as kids, mm -hmm. you know, 17 and 18, you know, Leaving home, never been really out of the mm -hmm. the, the state, and, and just building a life together. Um, we when we just look back, I got a million stories. Though so you, oh, yeah. you better you better no, stop no, me. No, when no, no, you good. So check this out. Do me a favor. Uh -huh. Introduce yourself. 
Okay. So, introduce yourself. Let's, let's, we don't do it like that. What, what do they call you? Um, well, Olivia calls me sweet. Okay. Monica and Stephanie calls me daddy. Uh-huh. My grandkids call me papa. Okay. You know, the church calls me bishop. Okay. And the fellowship of churches called me apostle. Come on. But at the end of the day, I'm just Larry. Just Larry. <laughs> just Larry. Just plain old Larry. Plain old Larry, man. I like it. I like it. Keeps you rooted and grounded. Okay. So, like I said, again, I thank you for sitting down with me, having this time with me. When I'm looking over your list, your list, the main thing with your list has love in it. Yeah. Your list has, like, love in it from the fact that you give God praise for yes, where sir. you're going and coming. And uh, the Manhattans, that's just, that's that's <laughs> building up on love alone and Kia Life, that's, you know, Stevie's a special yeah. kind of guy to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, ain't no stopping us now. And then in the Chairman's uh, Silly Love Song is one of the ones that I play, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, at least, that's, that's at least twice girl. a week. So definitely do that. So um, 24 hours in a day, right? 24 hours in a day. What yeah. does that look like um, in your role on a, on a, on a, on a, we won't say normal, but a typical day. What could that be? 24 hours. How does it start? Um, I remember preaching a sermon sometime uh, ago entitled, What a Day Might Bring. Okay. And, and, and that's really my life, what a day might bring. I don't think there's ever a day that's the same. Mm-hmm. Always something different. You're celebrating a birth with somebody here. And you get a call about a death. You get a call about a sickness. Somebody's having a birthday party and then someone else's mother is dying in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, So the the day is just wide open, um, full of ups and downs. And um, emotionally, you have to be able to plug in and plug out uh, so you won't carry all of these things you know, home, but you got to still feel as God. Bible said we has we have a high priest that feels our infirmities. He understands, and so from a pastoral standpoint, you have to feel what people feel right. in order for them to know that you are real and 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 you care and want the best for them. So um, that can get the best of you sometimes. <clears throat> but mm-hmm. just in a typical day, you just. You know, you know, I, my my main my prayer, uh, our prayers. When I say that, Livy and I, our prayer is God give us what we need mm-hmm. to command the day. So we wake up in the morning and we command our day that 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 whatever happens, whatever come along, that we're gonna have the wisdom to handle it. That okay. We're gonna have the ability and the know how and the God given the God given strength. So we 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 don't complain about the day. We just get up and whatever happens, you know, um, on that day. And, and and understand that we're talking about a day not that starts at 7 o'clock. Okay. You're talking about a day that could start at 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, um, in the morning and then run completely, you know, all day. You may be right. at a, get a call and you're at a, at a hospital with a family uh, whose loved one is taking a turn for the worse. And so you're there from one to maybe six o'clock gotcha. um, in the morning. And, and you're fixing all of this in the midst of things that you have to personally right. do and then other obligations. So um, you have to become in a sense, all things to all people. 
Um, not that we can, and I'm not saying that's a role that we can, but you feel like you have to become all things to all people because you want people to feel loved Facts. You know, at the Facts. end of the day. You want them to feel cared for. So my my day, I remember there was a young a young girl, um, Andrea, and Andrea had a sickness. I want to say it was like, um, I don't want to call the wrong thing, but uh, the, it, it escapes me, but she spent a whole day with me one day right. because she told her mama she felt sorry for me because I didn't have a job. I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't work. She wanted to know where we're. Anyway, she comes and she spends this whole day with me. And at the end of the day, she goes home tired because she didn't believe that, you know, it was my a job. day consisted of, of all that it, of all that it did. But yeah, man, this was, um, and she died at 12 years old, one of the most hurtful funerals I ever had to do. <laughs> But um, I, I love that girl to this to this day because she really that was my early days here. Mm -hmm. um, just kind of helped me get get through some things and just seeing church through her eyes was absolutely amazing. But man, loving people and loving families and you know the I think it's the joy of ministry that takes the stress off of you. So, so my day is crazy. I, okay, so with that, right? Do you get an hour to yourself of like solitude where you can just you can decompress? Do you do you make that like that an effort? Because that's that's a real big thing for me nowadays when I talk to men, especially black men in the world nowadays, because we carry a lot, and you carrying a congregation, you know, your family, your grandkids, and then the missus, and then yourself, and everybody depends on you to be a certain kind of way, and then you 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 holding yourself to a certain kind of standard where. You feel like if you didn't give them the best, then you mad at yourself. True. But what does that hour of peace look like for you? What's that look like? Is that TV? Um, is that is that sleep? Is that uh, reading? What is that? Um, I think that uh, my best time is just at night mm -hmm. when everything is 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 done, and and I can call it. I can call it a day. Mm -hmm. um, it's not just going and laying in the bed, but I go and I have this chair. In okay. My, in my room, and I just sit back, you yes, know, sir. in that chair. It's kind of like my reflection chair, you know. I just kind of think about all that happened during the day, and just kind of unwind and wind, wind down. Um, it's Olivia's sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, we empty nesters, <laughs> so she sleep. Everything is quiet, and I just sit in that chair and. Um, just kind of calm down because I can't go to sleep until I just yeah. calm, calm down and come all the way down. So, um, but to get my day started, it's just getting up early in the morning. Gotcha. You know, doing some devotion and doing some praying and, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of getting that day, commanding that day to getting the putting on the strength for that, right. for that morning. I would say to the, the fact that I know a lot is on me. And the way I handle that is I welcome what's on me. Okay. You, you can't resist what's on you. You have to embrace what's on you because to he who much is given, Come on. much is required. So I ask myself not, um, can I do this? I ask myself, how can I do this? Mm. And it changes the dynamic because if I'm always figuring out, 
can I do this? I'm trying to convince myself. Right. I've already told myself, yes, I can do it. So the question is, how can I do this? Right. How can I make this happen? So I'm looking for more solutions. You know, so I, I would challenge any man out there, uh, embrace it. You're going to have to battle this one when you embrace the fact that you're the go-to guy. Mm, say that again? When you embrace the fact that you are the go-to guy, yeah, half the battle is already it's won. won. I know people depend on me. I, I know that. Yeah. You know, so I cannot convince myself that I'm someone other than who I am. Gotcha. I am the go-to guy. Yeah. I embrace that. I don't look for excuses for not being the go-to, yeah. the go-to guy. And so that helps me handle the pressure Yes, because I know I'm the guy. And I also know that God would not put something on you that you can't handle. Okay. So I'm built for this. I can handle this. You know, I am the guy. Gotcha. You've never seen a quarterback get on the field and doubt that they're the guy. He come out slinging. They, you, so I, <laughs> yeah. I rest my case. Okay, okay. I rest my case. I like that. I like that a lot. I'm so, the guy. So with you being the guy and pastoring for how many years now? Uh, about 43. 43. Okay. When you look at you as a pastor and coming up and all of that, do you feel like with your kids and your grandkids and like other pastors that's come up underneath you, been underneath your tutelage and work beside you, do you, why do you feel like you've given a service to them? I know not a disservice, but what do you think that you've given them? What would be something you would say they got from me in that sense of watching you go through the things you've been through? Um, I would, I believe that anybody who has been connected to me come on, have left with a true meaning of family and ministry. Why is that important? It's important because if if you can't balance family and ministry, in spite of how great a preacher you are or great a singer you are, whatever you might consider yourself to be, um, if you can't balance that because your home is your first ministry. Mm -hmm. So I believe that they have gotten that from me, you know, the ideal and the, and, and, and the fact that uh, family is is first, and 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 here, here's what I tell them, Al. Um, the priority is God first. That's relationship. Yeah. Second is family. That's responsibility. Okay. Thirdly is work, because work gives you the ability to take care of your family. And then fourth is church. Church is fellowship. People get fellowship and relationship mixed up. Okay. God is always first relationship. Church comes after family and work. Yeah. So church is really fourth and not first. Mm -hmm. So to the pastor that don't understand that church is not first, and he put the church before their family or she put the church before their family, then now you're going to have an unbalanced, you know, situation. Mm -hmm. So I like to think that everybody who is, is this mine? Yeah, sure. Oh, nice. Good cold water. <laughs> he ain't just got no little bottle of water. Big old cold glass. Of, oh, this is body armor. Here he go. Here he go. Mm. I needed it, so I figured I'd get it. And in the water. words of my grandbaby, <laughs> 
So you said relationship, responsibility, work, then fellowship. Right. So why do you think it's so lost in the sense of that? What, what, where has made it where we've lost the order? Um, I think that we have lost the order because of the pressure that you can get from the church. Okay. Can you talk about it? Yeah, sure. Um, the church can put pressure on you until they feel that your child's basketball game is not important. Your child's football game is not important. Um, the usher's anniversary is more important than something that, that you have promised your children. Um, and so we start putting all of these things before our family because they look godly. Gotcha. It looks like, hey, he's really dedicated. Mm -hmm. But if I put God first, that's the book, Matthew six thirty three. seek ye first the kingdom. He didn't say seek ye first the kingdom of church. Come on. Say seek ye first the kingdom of God. Yeah. And all other things will be added unto you. So, but they put the pressure on you until you feel like, hey, um, if I'm not here, mm -hmm. then I'm not showing that I'm dedicated. Gotcha. So, um, it get it gets out of whack. I've even had people come and say, Hey, you know, I've been called to this and, um, you know, I'm going to be here regardless. No, you can't come here and you, you, you're a married woman and you hadn't cooked food. You hadn't cleaned your house. You had, you know, so all of these things fall in, fall in order. Everything that God does God has an order to it. He is a God of order. And in order for things to line up, you have to put it in order. Even the preacher, even the pastor, whomever, you know, God first. We're not going to take that away. God first. Mm -hmm. Family. Yeah. You job, you got to have a responsibility to take care of that family. Gotcha. And then church becomes my place of fellowship. Yeah. This is where I get my strength, but I can't put my church before my God or before my family or before my job. Some people say, I'm not going to work on certain, certain things. So you're not. And I was going to ask you that because I, because I've heard you tell people like, no, go you to, go to work, <laughs> go to work. I want to, I want to be there, but they got me working. I'm going to tell them I'm not going to work on Sunday. You are. Yeah. And so, so if you lose your job, then who's going to take care of your family? And don't, don't make it a God thing where you say, God going to, I know God is going to take care of you. Yeah. We're talking about doing the right thing. Gotcha. So you got to put, you have to put things, you have to put things in order. And here's what I believe. I believe that if you seek first the kingdom of God, and if you are a good employee, yeah. number one, God sees that. Number two, your employee sees that. Come on. And I believe at some point you keep working in faith. You'd be surprised. Somebody going to come and say, hey, you know what? I don't want to. I, I I know I'm off on weekends, but I don't want weekends off anymore. Come I'd on. rather do it. You know, God is going to orchestrate it because it's going to work to your good. All things work together for good for them that love God, for those that are called according to his purpose. Yeah. Stay in his purpose. Stay in his will. And I promise you, man, this thing will work out in your favor. Yeah, I like that. So, okay, we in a good week. We, we heating. We heating up. <laughs> When you look at church, right, mm -hmm. and and people speak of church hurt, people speak of church hurt, they speak of experiences and different things like that. Is it a thing where they're, what do you think it, what do you think it is that causes it? Is it them? Is it their flesh? Is it um, the ideal of they had an unreal expectation of people? How do you get over church? How would you tell somebody to get over church hurt? Because you have people leave one church and they come to a different one or I ain't going over there because I don't like the, they don't let me sing my favorite song. 
they the old man in the you know in the woods and he want to sing a song. <laughs> so they got those kind of feelings. So what would you say about that? Um, the, the 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 first thing that that I have discovered is that you can never downplay anyone's feeling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How they feel mm-hmm. is how they feel. Step one. Come on. Step two is them coming to a point where they can um, openly and honestly yeah. look at the fact that to rather their feelings are justified. Come on. So you have to justify how we're feeling. Um, and in justifying how you're feeling, you have to be able to take your part of the situation. Gotcha. So I know we use the term church hurt, but truly the church did not hurt you. Come on. It's people in the church Come on. that may have hurt you. My only problem is people don't tell all the truth. They don't tell their side. Come on. They only tell the church side. And 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 people want to hear yeah. what the church did, but no one ever says, What do you do? What you do? Listen, I've been around here almost 65 years and you are not squeaky clean. Yeah, everybody got a little bit. You did something. Yeah. In in that exchange, and so it didn't work out to your favor, but you but you left. But I think your feelings are still worth being. Here's what my daddy told me. He said, if somebody brings an issue to you, don't dismiss it. Come on. He said, check it for truth. Check it for truth. If you are guilty, admit it, fix it, and move on. I like it. If you are not guilty and you know you're not guilty and you've dealt with that honestly— he said, then still move on, but you, you got to examine people's feeling, but people have to be honest with, yeah. you know, with, with where they are. And this is my pet peeve. Um, you know, I believe that I have a, a church out there that is untapped. Yeah. And I think um, you just have to invite people. Um, you have to introduce people to Christ and not to people. Say it again. You know, introduce people to Christ and not to people. Okay. You know, um, because if you introduce people to people and and people mess up, people make mm-hmm. a mistake. And my dad, I, I'm, you're going to hear me say a lot about my dad. My That's dad, supposed to be. My supposed dad to be. would tell me that anybody who relay the gospel yeah. is capable of error. So don't ever think that you can't say nothing wrong or do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Be quick to fix it. Gotcha. Be quick to admit that, hey, I made a mistake or I didn't handle this properly. Be quick to do that. Um, and so sometimes people leave because they feel that, hey, I was not heard in my discrepancy. Gotcha. Nobody, nobody heard me or wanted to hear me. And I would ask the question, how did you present your discrepancy? Right. Did you present it as an attack? Nobody wants to hear an attack. Yeah. You know, but I would I would hear a suggestion. I think that if there are situations in the church that has happened uh, between two individuals that you can't show favoritism, but that you got to handle yeah. it and yeah. hit it and hit it on the head right? because you want everybody involved to feel loved and right. you want everybody right. involved to feel heard and you, and, and you can't jump to conclusions because I've known this person or whatever the mm-hmm. situation might be. So, and, and don't, don't get me wrong. 
there are a lot of justified right. hurt. Right, right. Well, people's hurt is legitimate. But I think that you have to handle. So let me just say it like this. If you go to Walmart and they mistreat you. Right. You go to Target. <laughs> you don't just get out. Come on, you get out. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I got you. You don't say I'll never go grocery shopping mm -hmm. ever again. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. No, you're going to go somewhere else and get your grocery. I think the danger is a person just walking around, you know, feeling that I'm so hurt that I could never trust this again. And it's not the church. It's it's people. And the last thing I would tell anybody who have experienced any type of hurt, mm -hmm. you'll never fix a thing from the outside. Got to get in the middle of it. You got to get in it and fix it. So if it, if there's a problem in it, your problem can't be solved walking away. Right. You know, and I tell people all the time, they say, well, I love you. I love pastor, but <laughs> somebody did this and now I'm gone. And I'm like, but that's not helping me. Right. right. I'm not happy saying, believing I'm a good pastor. You're gone. Gotcha. You know, tell me what happened. Tell me. And sometimes my position is yeah. mistaken or misunderstood, you know. Okay. So give me a chance like you want a chance. Thanks. Give me a chance to talk about, you know, what what has happened. And, um, you know, people always paint pictures. And my thing is, as a pastor, I want to be as close to you as you allow me to. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so give give me that chance. Don't just leave me and say somebody mistreated you because when they go out there and you say you left memorial, mm -hmm. they're going to be saying, why, why, why? Yeah. Then we did it. Yeah. So, but no, talk to me. Yeah. You know, so. So when, okay. When you just said something too, you, you know, saying you and Pastor O, to be on a pedestal, to be on a pedestal. And, you know, I know we've had conversations and you mm -hmm. even spoke on it before about, like never put a person on the pedestal. Right. How do you deal with it? Okay, because you know we got we got to be honest. If you preaching, it's this, and you go to somebody else's church. Sometimes they might sit on their hands on you, you know, because they they used to their pastor, they used to the head. But how? What keeps you and pastor? Oh, yourself so humble in the sense where you're trying to push your associate pastors and everybody else, or not get the big head, or you know, like what right. keeps y'all humble like that? What um, would you say? My daddy said, Come on. If you see a turtle on a light pole, yeah. know that the turtle didn't get there by themselves. Come on. If you go in my chambers, you'll see a wall of impact. Yeah. And that wall of impact is everybody who helped me mm -hmm. get where I am. I met them in different stages of our of our life, and there are men and women on that board mm -hmm. that helped Olivia and I get where we are. Those are the things that keep you grounded. You have to have things in your life mm -hmm. that keeps you grounded. You have to be accountable mm -hmm. to people. If you go in my office, you will see a little wooden church, okay. white wooden picture of a church. That's where I first started. Pro Providence Baptist Church, Lato Seal, Alabama. I was down there for seven years. I kept telling God I was a city preacher, but he kept me in the country. <laughs> okay. But that church reminds me yeah. 
of where I come from. And when you know where you come from, uh-huh. things change, things around you change, but you don't have to change. Gotcha. You have to treat people right. You have to love people. And you have to also understand that all of this is just stuff. Okay. okay. I mean, at the, at the end of the day, man, it's just stuff. And if I don't, if I'm not a good steward of it, God got somebody else. I'm not irreplaceable. Okay. And I don't know how many times you've heard me say, I'm not God. I'm just his representative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you don't want people to think that you yeah. are God and you. Uh, and so here's what you have to understand. Uh-huh. The African-American church right. is personality led. Gotcha. And so you got to understand that they are personality led. Be sure that you don't take advantage Mm-hmm. of people's feelings and of people's emotions. Okay. People trust you. They trust you to tell them the truth and to do what's right. Now you can, anything can be used Come on. negatively yeah. to manipulate people, you know, so always try to do, you know, the right thing. And Livia and I, we keep each other balanced and we keep each other yeah. grounded, yeah. you know, um, and we're talking about it, you know, all the time because we want to be real. We want people, when they meet us, to know, hey, when you meet me next week, guess what? I'm going to be the same. Yeah. I'm going to be the yeah. same way. I want people to know that, hey, we are reachable. We are touchable. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're just not, uh, hey, I need this. I need that. And, and this and that. I told, I'll tell our armor bearers, hey, listen, <laughs> before I even knew what an armor bearer was, I was carrying a briefcase. Come on. I don't need anybody <laughs> to carry my briefcase to make me yeah. who I am because I'm well capable right. of carrying my own briefcase. But if a person comes to me and say, hey, God sent me here to help you. Come on. Let me help you do this. That is fine. Mm-hmm. And now they've just stepped in the circle where now they have to be held to a certain standard Come on. because they're, they work in close to me. Yeah. And so what people see in me, they got to see in you. Right. You know, so, um, but, but just knowing where you come from, um, knowing that, Hey, at the end of the day, the greatest among you is the servant of all. Gotcha. Um, I'm just trying to pick up the towel, man, and keep on serving. So it, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it don't get me because I'm in touch with people. I'm in gotcha. touch with my, with myself. I'm in touch with my children. You know, um, that's why I love going home because when I go home, I can be apostle this and bishop this. When I go home, I'm Sammy's boy. Yeah. That helps me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm Sammy's boy. They go Larry Aiken. You know, right. ain't nobody no apostle and bishop. Yeah. Man, that's Larry. Hey, Larry. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it's stuff like that. I, you I, know? I remember that, not to cut you off. I remember one time uh, you want to go to the barbershop. Right. He said, I just want to go to a barbershop where don't nobody, they don't have to act a certain kind of way. No, man. They can be themselves. And I remember he was like, you ain't even got to go with to you ain't got you like you don't got to do all that. No man. He's like let me just, just let me walk in regular and be cool. So And and I'm I'm good with that because you find out so much about yourself and so much about people and so much about about things. I meet people all the time. I I I, I meet this guy in, in the in the car wash man. He's washing his car. His music is loud. Uh-huh. And we're talking man and he's like just you know, he's talking to me and mm-hmm. every word is like Mhm. Mm-hmm. He, man, he's just like really cussing every word. He he letting it fly. Yeah, you know. So, um, we go home, 
Uh-huh. And, and it was at the old church, and I I I, I pull in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. He pulls in at his house, and he sees my car, and he yells from the fence, "Hey man, weren't you just at the car wash?" I said, "Yeah." He said, "What are you doing at that church?" I'm like, "I passed it here," <laughs> and he was like, "Oh man, why didn't you tell me?" And I respond to him by telling him, hey, if I told you, yeah. I would not have met the real you. I would have met your representative. I would have met somebody else. And so, and he started coming to the church, but just, just stuff like that. But what he did not know was that Reverend Dan W. States caught me right there. Come on, tell the story. Oh, man. Come on. Come on. Olivia, we're in, we're in, we're in Washington State in Tacoma, Washington. Yeah. Mount St. Helens had just had just erupted, and Livia was going to a church called Mount Tabor Baptist Church. All right, and uh, Reverend Dan States and and Mama States, uh, great pastors there. And, and I wasn't attending the church. I'm just at home. I'm a soldier. I'm you know I got my Millers, man. I'm just drinking, <laughs> going, just doing my stuff. And I forgot to pick her up. You know? Okay. Then had a few little buds and and, and buds and and hit a couple of blunts and. You know, during that time, man, you playing the music. Yeah. But the TV's on. Yeah. You know, and the music is just killing. And then the door opens. Okay. And Livia and uh, Mama States and uh, Pastor States and Deacon <laughs> Rainey and Sister Rainey. Come and on. Looked like around about an army of them <laughs> in a bit. came in. And they come in, and man, when I see them, I'm trying to jump up and move all of my. Mm hmm. Beer cans and everything out the way. <laughs> and here's what Reverend States told me. No, son. Stay right there. I want to meet the real you. Yeah. And man looked like, I looked around me. And the first thing I told myself, this is not me. This not me. This, But that's who I was. Yeah. At the time, the good thing is that where I was. Come on. Was not who I was. Come on. It was just where I was. Yeah. And from that, he he put that on my mind because I kept it kept coming up. I want to meet the real you, and I told myself right then, this is not me. Now I didn't I didn't quit, you know. And <laughs> I didn't run join the church or nothing right then. Yeah, but that set me on the road that I could do better. So you went on the search to find real so, you. So yeah, so I, I just so so it took me some years to to eventually get in the, you know get uh-huh. in the church and that what he did for me that man is a was a whole nother uh-huh. whole nother story man my God the uh-huh. people that helped me along the way this it's just in in incredible you gotcha. know a broke soldier mm-hmm. broke car. And he was the first man I ever met that gave me his Sears card. Because when I did start attending the church, I would leave out like 15 minutes early. Uh-huh. I had a Chevy Vega, go outside, lift up the hood, connect the alternator back up because <laughs> it would run the battery down. Right. And Reverend States, he saw I would do it the same time. So he, he got out, he went and opened up his office door, and he's like, boy, what are you doing? I said, nothing, Pastor. I'm just... Uh, fixing us. He said, I've been watching. You've been doing that every Sunday. He said, what's wrong with that car? I said, nothing. Don't you lie to me, boy. Come over here. 
And I told him, I said, well, sir, I need an alternator. It's draining my battery. Boom, boom, boom. He goes in his wallet, gets out his Sears card, and he said, listen, go to Sears. Mm -hmm. Get that alternator fixed. Get you a tune-up. And get you a set of good tires yeah. for this car. Blew my mind. Yeah. Blew my mind that somebody that didn't know me like that gotcha. could help me. So, so he's when, on my wall of impact. I'm about to say, I'm about to say. So <laughs> when you looking at that, and then now when you get in a place where you blessing people, it always goes back to that. Man, listen, um, I had a professor that said success without a successor is failure. Uh huh. If you fail to pour into somebody, what somebody pours into you, you're not a success in life. Okay. You are blessed to be a blessing, not a blessing just because you hold on to it. Mm -hmm. If you're not helping somebody, mm -hmm. when you look at the mentor-mentee relationship, mm -hmm. the whole ideal of the mentor-mentee is for the mentee to get the mentor's experience yeah. without the mentor's pain. So if I can help you get my experience without my pain. Stove hot, don't touch it. That's it. That's my whole, my, my, my whole thing is to say, Al, you don't have to do this. Yeah. Take my lesson. Get my experience. Mm -hmm. You don't have to walk around with scars. Gotcha. Just to, no, I have done that. So, so the mentor has to convince the mentee. Yeah. You don't have to touch it. Let me tell you how it feels. How, yeah. And let me tell you why. You should not touch it. Gotcha. You know, so, man, just the people that it helped me was just incredible. And and that's one of the reasons why I helped pastors like I did, because I grew up at a time with old pastors in churches that didn't teach you anything. Yeah. They just figured out, hey, you get it the best way. Get it like I get it the best way you can. Yeah. And so my goal is, listen, I'm going to teach them everything I know, you know. Um, so whenever they go anywhere, they can be effective. They'll know what to do. They'll know yeah. what not to do. They'll know how to do it. Gotcha. You know, and then you feel better about your own self. Gotcha. Because you are honing your skills, you know, and, and, and you're, you're crafting, you know, what you, there's a craft to ministry. Mm -hmm. And you got to be able to, the worst thing you could do is go to a church and, 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 and to a funeral and, and see a pastor that has never been trained, mm -hmm. has never been taught how to do communion, how to do baptism, how to do a wedding. A wedding is some of the most um, um, important things in people's lives. And you have to revisit your video and see how somebody just, gotcha. just totally messed up. Right, your right, wedding. Right, right. That's from a lack of training. So you could be a great preacher. Come on. It does not make you um, a, a great ceremonialist. You got to mm. know ceremonies, you know, and and just just things. Um, but sometimes uh, some of the younger pastors feel that taking instruction mm -hmm. or giving instructions mean you're jealous of them. You don't you know, you don't want their gift to go forward. And it's like, no, I'm trying to help you be all you can be. Gotcha. I'm not worried about your gift because if you might be the hot stuff now, but just give it two or three years. Somebody coming right behind you, mm -hmm. and they're going to be the new kid on the new block. Kid on so the block. Nobody's time in ministry uh, uh, lasts forever, but as long as you're there, try to be as consistent, you know, as mm -hmm. you possibly can. So, so with that, we talked about that. I got a question, and okay. and, and all the fellas in the barbershop, they we all talk about it as a pastor. They don't expect you. They they don't. They couldn't possibly expect you to sing 
I love the Lord to Pastor O. They couldn't expect you not to court your wife, right? Because, <laughs> you know, that's a that's a Everybody kind of look at it like, oh, he's supposed to be this high man. Can you tell people when it comes to the way you look at it and, and, and still, you know, still believing in God, still carrying his word, what do you think, like, is something like is a key thing when you're courting her, when you're still making sure that she gets that? Is it, is it singing songs off the radio? Is it get up and dance with me? What does that look like for you? Well, um, like I said, man, they've been, I've been dating for 60 plus years. Yeah. Um, and dating is, is what we do. Do you know how many times we have to reinvent ourselves to stay married and in love for 48 years? Yeah, they say you every have three years re- you love your change. You have to reinvent yourself constantly. So let me say this before I get deep into your answer. Okay. Um, some people, and, and, and I don't want to offend my brothers that do, some people feel that singing or listening to anything else other than gospel is going to be a sin. That's not my thinking. Yeah. Because I do like like jazz, and um, I grew up on R&B, mm-hmm. and when Livia and I are dating, no, we're not singing um, <laughs> Precious <laughs> Lord and, and, and hymns. You know, won't it be grand? And um, there's a bright, bright cloud rising. Let's go home. No, we're not. We're not. We're not doing no. I think that you can have nice, clean mm-hmm. songs. Um, like I told you, Manhattan's are my guys. Uh-huh. And during the time that I came up, man, in the in the 70s, all of our songs were were, were clean. Yeah. You know, it wasn't uh, a lot of cussing or anything, but they were just clean. Love songs. Love songs, yes. you know. Hey, that's sugar dumpling. <laughs> Come on, give me something. Girl, I've been needing for days. Some of your good loving. Plenty, plenty hugging. Ooh, <laughs> your cute little face. Girl, between you and me now, we don't need no company. No other man, no other girl. Can enter into our world, <laughs> not as long as you groove me, baby. <laughs> you know, um, you know, songs like songs like that. Yeah. You know, forever. That's how long I'm gonna love you. Yeah. If you wanna know, you know. Gotcha. You know, so so we 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 have killing me softly. You know yeah. they they uh they re, have redone re, that. Yeah. And a lot of those songs, I I, I <laughs> my grandkids be like, I'm like, baby, that's old. That's a remake. They yeah. Just, they just they just you know I tell you songs we didn't ever want to sing. She used to be my girl. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't want to hurt because I'm I'm still holding on to the girl. You <laughs> yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah. But but I I, I think that with, with within the confines here's, here's the book. Mm-hmm. The the book talks about the marriage bed being undefiled. Yeah. And as long as it's good for you and her. Yeah. As long as it's agreeable for well, you and her. Are, yeah. You know, um, you are good. You can't challenge my salvation um because I listen to love me. Now now people listen to the opera, are they are they Right? Are they not? Are right. They not? They not saved. Right. That's what I'm. Because they, yeah. they listen to the opera. Well, so is it? You know, 
But now I believe that my choice of music is important. Facts. So, you know, I still want something that keeps me who I am and keeps me true to who I am. Right. But I believe within the confines, yes, we, you know, we dance. We're trying to learn how to two-step right now. We're trying, we're trying to we're trying to figure this thing out because you. we say the next time we're someplace and they're two-stepping, you know. And then if you've ever been to any of our Valentine banquets yeah. or anything, uh -huh. we encourage. I tell my brothers, man, if you're married and your anniversary comes, I don't want to see you at the church. <laughs> you need to be off dating your wife. Her yeah. birthday is here. You go and do something special right. because guess what? When I need you. And she's happy. Mm. You can do what you need to do, mm. you know, because she comes first. So, so you know, we 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 we're, we're teaching it. No, so man, we do we do our court and we go to the to the movie theaters. Man, yeah. we we love you know because we go early. Yeah, get it out. You the go way. early. No, not to get it out of the way so we can watch three or four. <laughs> you know, we we go again. I got you. And then sometimes we in there watching. Watching uh, three or four movies, and I look at her, and she sleeps, she touched me, and yeah. I touch, we, we were, oh, oh, yeah, let's finish watching this. <laughs> yeah. You know, but that was our peace and quiet time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, um, but, but yeah, man, we go window shopping. Olivia, window shopping. Window shopping. <laughs> you know, see, um, I, I couldn't always buy what I wanted to buy, and I, I still can't do it. But, man, we go look, and, and we were like, hey, that would look nice right there. Uh -huh. You know, just looking in and looking at furniture and, I mean, we could spend a day yeah, just walking through, looking in, you know, like, hey, I'd like to have that. Put mm -hmm. that on the bucket list, you know. Okay. Um, Of course, we take trips, man. And, yeah, 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 yeah. You're going to do and, them trips. And, and Jamaica is like our second home, you know, uh -huh. we're going we gonna to get, we gonna get to Jamaica, <laughs> you know, but we have just decided that in order to take care of people. Gotcha. We have to take care of us. Yeah. You know, so if 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 I have nothing to give my family, mm -hmm. if I have nothing to give the, my children, if I have nothing to give my ministry, because I'm all given out. So our trips help us refurbish, regenerate, mm -hmm. refresh, revivify, and yeah. renew. Facts. You know, so we can come back stronger. And then when we get back, guess what we're doing? We're working as hard as we can. Because we're looking forward to the next to the vacation. Next, the next <laughs> okay, so if you could, um, if you're gonna get an extra hour in the day, what would you? Uh, how would you spend it? Hmm. If I could get myself a 25th hour, yeah, how would you spend it? It would definitely be about Olivia because um, my first five years of marriage wasn't the greatest. Okay, because I didn't know how to be married. Mm. Um, but I made her a promise that I would spend the rest of my life making it up to her. So if I had extra time, it would definitely be time with her. Um, that would be that would be with her, you know. Mm -hmm. When so, you when you say you wasn't ready, is it just more or less just had to grow? Yeah, yeah. I mean, of course, man. I I was I wanted to be married. Yeah, yeah. Of, know, of but, course, but, yeah. But listen, man, I, I proposed to this girl. I, I knew I was going to marry her all my life. I proposed at three, five, seven, nine, twelve. So you got 15. a tree with your name card. Yeah, man. I, 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 but, you know, man, you talk, this is the dude, man, that bring uh, bunny rabbits for Easter and candy for, 
Man, I'd give her that stuff and run and hide behind a tree somewhere. <laughs> watch her open up the the, the uh-huh. door to get the teddy. But you know, so um, but I knew love. Come on. But just because you know love doesn't mean you know marriage. Yeah, yeah. You know, because marriage is that thing that takes you beyond Come on. love. Yeah. So yeah, I love her. I just didn't know. Man, I didn't understand accountability, and um, mm-hmm. and and here's another story. LaMonica gets sick, man. Um, she she has a serious asthma attack. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't have cell phones, but we had pagers, yeah, and all kind of stuff like that. And I ran with a group of guys that was like, "Man, you henpeck, you yeah. go, I go when I want to go. That girl can't tell me right, right. nothing." And um, we come home. You know, from being with the guys, I got a good buzz going. Yeah. And we come home with the guys, you know, they drop me off. And there's a note on the door. Mm-hmm. We at the hospital, Monica had an asthma attack. Gotcha. <sighs> buzz gone, boom. Um, Stop the guys before they pull off. They run me to the hospital. There's mm-hmm. King Richard. Um, Where are you buying? Um, runs me to the hospital, get to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I got to walk down this long hallway. Mm-hmm. And guess who's there? All the people from her church. Okay. And they look like they're looking at me like, where he been? Yeah. What kind of daddy and husband right, right. is he? Look like, I know that they had, look like they had the ushers, the choir, the deacons, they had all the mothers. Look, they look all like, buried around her. Like you got to comb through her. Man, I, I'm, I'm going down this, what I call my walk of shame. Walk of shame, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, and I get in there, man, and the Monica is tubes all over, all over her, man, nose, mouth, you know, all mm-hmm. of this stuff. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And then I get in there and hear what the doctor's saying. But look like while I'm walking, the people are looking at me like, "Yeah, now you do you believe this dude?" You know, uh-huh. shameful time for me. But I go through. I I get in there, and you know, Monica stays there a couple of days. But that was one of the times where I made up in my mind mm-hmm. that how important accountability gotcha. in marriage was. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I didn't get married to be single. I got married to be married. I want to spend more time with the boys because that's where my fun was. Come on. And then my challenge was, you know, she telling you what to do and, you know, just hanging around them old guys. They fill your head up with all this stuff. Right, and right. You the man and you ain't got to do this. But I didn't quite feel like the man when, <laughs> when my family right, right. was in the shape they were in. And I made up in my mind that day mm-hmm. that I'm going to be an accountable husband. Right. That That it's all right. Because that's when I realized that, my wife wasn't trying to stop me from going where I was going. Yeah. But she was trying to let me know that, baby, if you're going to go, I got to know where you are. Yeah. Because this kind of stuff. Gotcha. Can happen. And so um, that that I, got, I, I do a whole lesson on what I call the big A. <laughs> <laughs> the big A. Right. And, and that's um, the, the power of... Um, accountability because accountability does not take anything from right. you all right but accountability adds to you facts you know so yeah okay so we 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 we, we we're moving along so, all right so dreams and legacies right when you when you were pastor pilot uh, 
Bishop Apostle, before you was Apostle, it was Swope Parkway, right? It was a little place down on Swope. Little, little Swope Parkway, 6640 Swope Parkway. Uh, they they say a roof may have failed. Man, the right? roof collapsed. The roof collapsed. And I think the church at that time, the building was 19 years old when the roof collapsed. Yeah. And I had been there just nine or 10 years, something like that. Uh-huh. Man, church was busting loose at the scene. People everywhere, man. Yeah. We, you had to bring the police, man, to direct the traffic. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. That roof collapsed and changed the trajectory yeah. of our ministry, man. And one day, April 13th, mm-hmm. um, 2006. Yeah. Was when that, when that roof, when that roof collapsed, mm-hmm. man came in and, uh, for two weeks I'd seen some, um, sheetrock yeah. dropping on the, on the pulpit. Uh, the brother said, it's just, just, um, the building shifting, gotcha. but that thing didn't resonate in my spirit. Mm-hmm. So I called the um, construction engineer, and he came out. and He said, "Listen, um, he went right down here to Red Bid- Red Bridge Baptist Church. He said, listen, there are four thousand buildings that I have inspected, and only three buildings have I told people to get out of immediately, and this is one of them. Mm. And within eight hours, man, that building came mm-hmm. down." Yeah. And they said it was a seven second drop, man. Everybody could have died in there. Gotcha. But God, man, God brought us from under the rubble, but it just, it changed the ministry. People scattered and people who've been with me a long time didn't think the church was going to make a comeback. Right. Everybody was leaving and, and there we were with a handful of people. You know, and we had already purchased the building that we're in now mm-hmm. on um, on Hickman Mills. We brought that building December the 31st, uh, 2005. Mm-hmm. So we had a building, but we didn't have money because the insurance company, Church Mutual, said that the building had been built faulty. Gotcha. And it voided all of the um, all of the insurance. And so there we was. Uh, got the brothers together one night, said, hey, we're going to pray. We're going to go in here and get what we can out the basement. Gotcha. And we're going to pray that God be with us. And a whole lot of stuff because we had commercial refrigerators and um, commercial stoves that we couldn't get out of. But we just got computers, cameras, mm-hmm. desks, all of this, and praying the whole time and just got it out there, loaded up in the truck and um, moved five times before we got to this building here. Mm-hmm. So, and, and they say rumor has it mm-hmm. you walked around <laughs> with some blueprints. Listen, because you had a, you had a vision. I had a vision. I had a vision. See, the power of vision is that you don't have to have money to dream. <laughs> okay. You can be broke yeah. and dreaming. Man, listen, I had cried till I couldn't cry no more. Come on. And the people were not looking for a leader that cried. They was looking for a leader that was going to lead. Mm-hmm. Even though we were coming out of the rubble. Mm-hmm. Um, I stopped crying one night and I came out to this building because it was, okay, God, what are we going to do? Right. And I mapped it out in my mind. I drew it out. And with no money, I went to an architect. I said, hey, this is, I got, I own this building. Yeah. This is what I see. And it's going to help my people to see it. If, if, you draw if we can draw it out. Yeah. 
we very few, very minute changes was made to the to the building. Okay. You know, he's like, man, this is incredible. He said, because there are a few things I got to change due to cold. He said, but man, this thing is perfect. Yeah. And so for three years, I walked around <laughs> with that blueprint. Coffee stain. Up under my, listen, <laughs> anybody who would hear. Yeah. I roll that blueprint out. Listen, we're going to do this. We're going to have this over here. We're going to have this back here. People would see me coming and go the other way because yeah. they're like, oh, Lord, here he come with those blueprints. <laughs> but, man, I was dreaming, and I knew God had put it in my heart. Yeah. And and that's all I had. That was that was my sanctity was that, that God was going to give us the grace to bounce back, mm-hmm. that we are going to come back as a church, that God is going to build us up once again. Gotcha. You know. And man, and that's that's what I, I mean. Rich and everybody can tell you, I lay that blueprint out in the heartbeat and be pointing. So and that, now, and now the dream is a reality. The dream is a reality. So now I got another dream. Okay. <laughs> so 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 now we talked about one of your dreams, which is a major one. What you want your legacy to be? We got a long way to go. Long way to go. But what long you want way your to legacy go, but, to be? Um, you know, if if my legacy would just be that I loved God. Yeah. I loved my family mm-hmm. and I gave the very best, mm-hmm. you know, of my service. I, I tell, I put pressure on me because I tell myself, even on a Sunday, I can't afford to have a bad Sunday. Yeah. I can't afford to get up and preach a message unprepared because people's lives are in the balance. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't get up on a given Sunday and have no direction. Mm-hmm. You know, so I want that to be my legacy. I want my children to know that I love their parents and that I love them. Mm-hmm. And I want them to know that there's absolutely nothing that they cannot do that that they put their mind to, that God has already given them the insight and the ability to get it done and that they are placed on this earth for a purpose. Mm-hmm. If I was a mechanic, I'd fix cars. If I was a policeman, I'd solve problems. Mm-hmm. But I'm a preacher. Yeah. So I preach the gospel. <laughs> and every now and then we get a little moan in there. And every now and then, you know, depending on, listen, I'm from Georgia. Uh-huh. And they believe you ain't preaching. If you ain't moaning. If you ain't. <laughs> so then, as I come to a close mm, on tonight, yeah, I want to thank God yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when um, when you look at your childhood, and you can pick your 30s or you can pick your 40s or you can pick your 20s, what would you tell the young Larry? What would you tell young Larry? What's one thing you would say to him? What would I say to younger me? Mm-hmm. His, his, his. After the younger Larry got himself together, let me go from that point there, mm-hmm. because it took me longer than I wanted to. Right. But after the younger Larry got myself together, got God in his life, got direction, I would have done better with my finances. Gotcha. Um, I would have I would have saved early. I would have invested early. Gotcha. You know, I would have not only built a better spiritual mm-hmm. legacy but a better financial legacy mm-hmm. um, as well. If, if, if you want to leave your family in a good position, gotcha. 
Insurance alone is not going to do it. Yeah. 401k alone is not going to do it. You know, see, I wasn't taught about money. Right. I wasn't taught about how to handle money. You know, now I was taught not to um, just throw money away. Yeah. But I wasn't taught how to save money. Gotcha. I wasn't taught um, the value of, of good credit. You know, mm-hmm. so these are all things I had to play catch up on. But man, if I could get that thing, if yeah. I could have got that earlier, if I if I could have been saving, yeah, you know my my money, um, I would have been in in millionaire, probably billionaire status, Thanks. and you know, just just investing because I think I got a, I had enough of the the whole spiritual thing down, mm-hmm. but. Just not coming from because you know my my dad had to work you know he worked it wasn't yeah you know it wasn't no saving and stuff Come we on. we working to live mm-hmm. you know but if I learned earlier how to make my money you know work for me I probably would would been retired been gone gotcha. earlier gotcha you know but um the most preachers give so much of what they get um until. I don't want to be like the old preachers where I'm too old to preach, but too broke to quit. You know, I'm getting out of here early. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm getting ready to turn 65. So I'm, I want to be gone no later than 68 years old, okay. no later yeah. than 68 years old. So I can go and, and preach and sing all around the world in a Winnebago in a Winnebago without the burden. And I'm saying that very lightly. And when I say the burden, I'm talking about the responsibility that, that come with, with pastoring. You know, I want to, I want to get out while I'm still good at it. While I can still do it. I don't want folk to say he used to be Mm -hmm. good, you know, Gotcha. But actually, folk now saying, "Boy, you better than you what you done ran into." Benjamin Button. You, yeah, I'm going. I'm going back. <laughs> so I got two more. I got two more. We're in a good place. Yeah. When you're telling a young a young pastor that's coming into this thing, how do you how what would you tell them as far as preaching the word versus preaching your your flesh or preaching? Because that's a lot of things where people say, "Is he preaching the word? Is he preaching the, you know him?" How would you tell them to handle that? Well, um. The pulpit is not a place for your feelings. Um, and that's when you get out of faith Yeah, is when you get into feelings. The pulpit is not a place to get even with people. Mm-hmm. It's not a place to get after the people. So you have to handle the word with care. Mm-hmm. And again, you have to know that people are coming to hear from him. Yeah. And not from you. The anointing is on the word. You just happen to be, we just happen to be carriers of the word. But understand, the word can preach without us. Yeah. You can go get a dog and he can he can bow wow it real good. Right. So sometime um we think it's us, but it's the word. You gotta get out your own way. So you get get out your way, man, and just let the word do the work, and just you know have people you can talk to, have have people that you are accountable to. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as a pastor, I got I got two pastors right now. Okay, you know, I got my home pastor. I'm older than all of them, but 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 I gotta have a pastor because that's who I'm accountability. And then I have like in the city, I have. 
older guys yeah. that I go to, uh, John Montesmile, um, John Mark Johnson, um, you know, the, these these are guys that, that um, call me son. Gotcha. You know, and I respect them that if I if I have an issue that I can go to them and when they call me son or say that's my boy, that to me that's not a sign of disrespect. Yeah. But that's a sign that I can look up to them. And who you who you humble yourself to, mm-hmm. it's not about the fact that your church is bigger than their church or anything like that. Mm-hmm. But it's all about I'm wise enough to know that I can't make it in ministry by myself. Mm-hmm. And and I, so I, I look for the wisdom in, in all of that. I look for the wisdom in a Dr. Miles, look for the wisdom in um, a Bishop John Mark Johnson, you know, just to uh, call them up and say, how you doing? And, and bring up a situation that I may not know about and have no problem Gotcha. With them saying, no, son, don't, don't do it. Yeah. Don't do it like that. Think about this. You know, you call me after church. We'll talk, you know. You're right. So, I mean, I look for, I look for all of that, you know, from them. So I never, you never want to get to a point to where you feel you know it all. Gotcha. You got it all. And mm-hmm. You, you don't have to be accountable to anybody. So I love being accountable to them. Okay. You know, and I think that's very, very important. Okay. So uh, I appreciate you so much for coming. Uh, well, let me come in. Uh, <laughs> let, uh, let, uh, let the prodigal nephew. Well, let me say this. <laughs> let, 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 let me say this. Okay. I, I want everybody to know how proud I am uh-huh. of you, man. I appreciate it. You making this thing happen. Got a nice <laughs> setup. Shout out, Corey. It, it, you know, it, it, behind it, the co- co- Listen, <laughs> you know, Corey. Well, well, listen. Um, Alvin had Simon. Batman had Robin. Come on, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Two man crew. We running it. Hey, listen, man. It's 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 all about. It. I think that the mm-hmm. fact that that you have two young men mm-hmm. that's making an impact mm-hmm. in their way. Gotcha. You know. Um, I, I think it's I think it's phenomenal. I watch the setup. I watch what you do, mm-hmm. and now the only thing I leave here with is how can I do this? Gotcha. Because uh, one of the greatest joys of envy is just copying off a person. <laughs> you don't have to reinvent oh, it. You but, can do this. You know, but it's it's um it's a blessing. But I but I'm I, I do want you to know, man. I'm so proud of you. Proud of the both of you, mm-hmm. man. What you're doing and you you you're putting stuff on people, man. You're letting voices like mine, mm-hmm. um, be heard. And you know, and I just hope that um, you know, this kind of thing can continue to go on because it it's so much that you have to say and enlighten people too mm-hmm. and. So come on, Kansas City. Let's get on board and 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 let's help these brothers do what they do. I appreciate you so much, man. Everything from everything from praying over me <laughs> to calling me when I don't call, you know, That's and, right. get, and getting right. on me. Al has been a bad son. <laughs> he don't always call. He's been a bad son, but you know what I like him? He take a licking, but keep on ticking. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I'm going to get you about this hat you got on your head, but we'll get on it later. Listen, and then, you listen. Know, I got to turn that candle around. You know, it got something on there that you might know. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You know, you can't be my uncle now <laughs> if you don't know that. Listen. 
I'm gonna get on you about that later, but uh That's I, right. You I, gotta I, let me ride the wave right I'm now. I'm on the wave. wave. Let me ride the wave. But so I remember real quick, I remember um when I first started coming here. Mm-hmm. I used to sit in the little row and used to say, boy, that's uh, Andre Crouch. Yeah. <laughs> soon and very soon. I'm waiting on you. I'm waiting on him to break out. We are going to see the king. Like, man, Andre ain't doing What's wrong with and Andre? Like, he would always tease me, you know, yeah. but it was always in love. And then if I ever looked over there, even serving, you know, since serving with you, I could always count on you was going to make the day. You know what hey, I'm saying? He's going to do it. Uh, you know, of course, shout out Richard and all the other Armour Bears, Shepherd Staff, Memorial as a whole. I love y'all. Always have, always will. Yes, sir. Um, never goodbye. I always see you later. That's it. May God be your direction and we be your seatbelt in this thing called life. Yes, sir. Until we see each other again, y'all be cool, be safe.